You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Uh, Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani, we are two Texas licensed attorneys and we are here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. And you can also listen to us on 104.5 or 106.1 or you can listen to us on IRLoneStar.com and listen live or you can listen on Facebook Live and you can message us on Facebook. We'll try to get to your questions if we have time yes. uh, towards the end of the show. So, uh, Tony, you've been in Europe for three weeks. Did you have a good time? I did, and I'm still technically on vacation uh, because I've got all my vacation notices out there because now I've got to catch up. Plus, we did a little bit of staycation. And, um, you know, it's just you, you got to relax. you got to enjoy life. It's, it's short. You don't know. Especially when I went to Europe, um, it was... Uh, it kind of brings home because you're going all the way back to the time of Constantine. Um, how many people have lived before us, and we're just a speck, you know. With this is a little that we've got to do what we got to do here for whatever our purpose is, and and enjoy it while it lasts. And when you go to Europe, you realize uh, just how really inconsequential you are in the big scheme of things, but how important it is for you to work as hard as you can in your life and to honor God. So right. Yep. So true. Well, so today we are going to be talking about Texas gun laws. We've talked about that before, but you know, with all these recent mass shootings, the one in El Paso. Yes, it's a hot button right now. It's terrible. And uh, another thing that's really, um, my my husband was kind of laughing at me because I was talking about what our show was going to be on today. And it was Mm -hmm. like, well, we're going to do DWI and gun law. He goes to both. Well, it just so happens that most, uh, not most, but several of the clients that I've recently um, had, uh, you know, that I just got, and, 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 you know, historically, some of my past ones, they carry guns, because this is Texas. A lot right. of people have guns. Right. And they get arrested, and it's, it, it, it's an issue. They have a gun in their car. They've never been arrested before. Uh, do they tell the police officer? Do they not tell the police officer? What happens when you do? Um, what are their rights with regard to, you know, being pulled over for a DWI? Assuming that they're not uh, driving while intoxicated, right? Uh, but they've also got a gun in their car, so um, it's kind of a combination. That's good. we're going to talk about that a little bit today too. But first, um, I'm going to I have some questions, and I'm going to ask you both because I know you don't have the answers in front of you, but you may already know the answers to the. Okay. So I'm going to ask our station manager to join in, and um, ask you some questions about gun laws and see uh, what uh, how well even we know about what gun laws are because. The terminology is a little confusing, and um, we have a lot of questions about it. All right, so first question. How long is the waiting period to buy a handgun, shotgun, or rifle in Texas? Um, I think it's, it's, there's no waiting period. Okay, what do you think, station manager? Uh, say it again, please. Uh, how long is the waiting period to buy a handgun, a shotgun, or a rifle in Texas, and or a rifle? What is it depend on where you're buying it from? Uh, it's an open-ended question. So well, right. I can like if I buy it, it from doesn't. my dad, it's instant. <laughs> but if I go to a gun store, I imagine there's a wait period. But how long? I Trick would... question. Yeah, that's so. true. If you buy it from your dad, there would be no waiting period. That's true. Right. It's kind of a guess. But it's, um, it's the three different kinds of guns, too, isn't yeah, there? But yeah. The answer is generic. There is no waiting period. So there'd be no waiting period with your dad or, or otherwise. Even a, even a store. Yeah. If okay. it's there, you can take it. Uh, there's no waiting period. It's, it's there. Okay. So, um, But you do have to fill out some paperwork if you buy it in auction. I know that. And there's some background checks for it. So that's that was kind of a surprising question to me. All right. I just moved to Texas. Do I have to register my firearms? The answer is no. In Texas, you register the person, basically, but not the gun. Okay. So you jump the gun. So now... Uh, we don't have to ask uh, Station Manager Dick what he thinks about that. Um, I just inherited or bought a gun from someone in Texas. Do I need to transfer the gun to my name? I say no. What do you think, Dick? Uh, I would say no. That's not, for the exact reason that um, from the question above. There is no state registration of firearms Thus, there is no requirement to transfer the firearm into your name. It's all about the license. Mm-hmm. Um, what is required to purchase a firearm in the state of Texas? Want to give a shot? 
Um, I think it's probably age, and um, that's it. Because none of us have fire. Do you have a firearm? No. None of us have firearms. This is all like new to us. <laughs> um, okay, so you'll need a valid state-issued ID. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, many uh, firearm dealers will not sell to out-of-state residents. Okay. Uh, this is due to the firearms dealer's requirement to uphold your resident's state guns laws. So they're not going to sell you if you're out of state because you may have to be responsible. Well, they may that. not, but they can. They can, right. Yeah. And the inherent complexity associated with many different states. Okay, so um, they, they just, all they want is your ID to show that you're a state resident. Okay, can I carry a firearm on my person? Yeah. So can I walk down the street with yeah. a firearm? If you've got a if you've got a license to carry, yes, and so that's kind of a, a, a trick question in a way because, yes, you can if you have a concealed license, but you have to carry it a certain way. And so the answer is yes. With proper licensing, concealed handgun license, you may carry a pistol or a revolver on your person. Long guns, rifles, and shotguns do not have to be concealed, but must be carried in a manner not calculated to cause alarm and do not require a license. So that's kind of confusing uh, because they're talking about license again, but it's a license for the gun and not for you. Um, and yeah, you can you can walk around with a, a shotgun, but you are going to draw attention to yourself, and that may be detrimental if it, if it's a threat to somebody. So you better be. I, I don't see people walking around with a shotgun. Right. Um, actually, I have seen on the back of people's cars though. Right. On their rifles. Yeah, that rack. that rack that they have. Yeah. Right. So, um, but if you have a, a, it's better if you have a concealed handgun license because you can also have a pistol. So you're care you're covered in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but we're going to get into this a little bit more with the laws later on in the show. But if you have a concealed handgun license, there's also, you have to have it in a holster and uh, are in a, you have to carry it a certain way. You can't just be, have a, a handgun in your hand walking down the street. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I strap a gun on my hip in Texas? Oh, if you have a, if you have a license to carry, you can. What do you think? Yes. Okay. Yes, you can. As of January 1st, 2016, folks can carry a handgun openly or concealed. However, you do have to be licensed. By Texas law, the gun must be carried using a shoulder or belt holster. That's what I was talking about. I couldn't remember what those two were called. Right. Long arms still do not require a license. Hmm. So that's, again, that's for the gun itself, a license for the gun. Now, mm -hmm. can I carry a firearm in my vehicle? We were just talking about that. What do you think? Yeah. If yeah. you have a license to carry. Yes. With the passive, the Motorist Protection Act, you may now readily carry handguns loaded and within reach so long as you conceal the firearm. Long guns, rifles, and shotguns do not have to be concealed and may be loaded and within reach. So again, in Texas, you can have a, a shotgun loaded on your gun rack in the back of your car. A little bit dangerous if you, you know, if there's alcohol involved, but yeah, you can do it. And that's without a license to carry? Without a license, yeah. The rifles and shotguns are completely separate of the pistols and the um so we're not talking about pistols and handguns we're talking about rifles and rifles shotguns, and shotguns. You can so you have can have them, them loaded and showing okay not concealed wow um there's a difference though for pistols um uh that's the uh, again the handgun you uh and we're going to get more into this later and I'll, we can give the law and what have you but in your car if you have a concealed uh license carry you can have it out in your car if you don't have a concealed license to carry, it has to be concealed within your car. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Now, are machine guns, suppressors, short barrel firearms legal in the state of Texas? Yes. Yes. They are. Yes, all um, National Firearm Association rules apply. Um, and and there, there's some other things that you need to consider. But, but yeah, you can, uh, you can have those type of assault weapons. It says, now, are assault weapons banned in Texas? Kind of a derivative of that question. Well, what is an assault weapon? I mean, are we no. talking about a machine gun? Yeah, I think they're not either. You're both correct. No, yeah. Texas abides by federal law, which at this time has no restrictions on so-called, quote, assault weapons, right. such as semi-automatic AR-15s. I don't know what an FAL is, but our firearms people will know. Uh, G3 and um, HK-91 rifles. 
that's pretty scary, really. But N- not really, Tony, because every every gun is semi-automatic. I mean, I've, I'm not a gun expert, but uh-huh. I have done some reading, obviously. Uh-huh. And uh, they say that, you know, everybody goes, oh, it's semi-automatic. It's, it's a death machine or whatever. <laughs> but every gun is semi-automatic. You yeah. know, uh, well, not all of them, but the, now the, I guess the the ones they're making now, it's I guess the technology. They said that it. if it's not semi-automatic, you're going back to the putting the gunpowder in right. and loading oh. the little the little bullet, and then you know, like they <laughs> fought the Civil War. You know, I mean, someone can call in and correct me on that, but I have heard that several yes, times. Yes, people do call in if you're a gun enthusiast because we'd like to get your input. Um, our, our our Facebook is in now. The last question on this frequent last question list, then I want to go to talk about an article I read, which was extremely interesting, and then we're going to go over the laws that are going to be in effect in September of of this year. Um, Is there a limit on the number of rounds a magazine may hold? Well, I think it's, you know, according... You mean the magazine that they're shooting through, like the machine gun? If you uh, you have a handgun, you'll have a magazine, and there's different types of guns. A legal limit? Yeah, there's a legal limit. No. The only limit on magazines in Texas is the number of rounds you are physically able to cram into the thing or carry <laughs> cram and are into afford. The thing. Really? So, yeah. so there's a limit on your magazine yeah. count. Yeah, just, so just it, a limit it on the gun. Already. So if you, depending on how big the, 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 uh, the, I guess if technology changes, you could have a lot in there. But I, it depends on the type of gun. But mm-hmm. if you can fit it in there, there's no limit. So that's hmm. kind of how that works. Now, um, okay. couple, uh, just a few more questions. Um, can I open, and this is, this is going to be like a, a repeat on some of them, but uh, can I open carry in Texas in public? Yes. And I think we already you answered that. You can open carry rifles and shotguns. Um, why can't I open carry my handgun in public? Well, you can if you have a license to carry. Yes. Um, you can now open carry with a license as of January 2016. Before that, Texas had a, lo- had a prohibition on open display of handguns. This dates back to the days of the Cowboys in the Wild West era of the 1800s, Contrary to public opinion. Now, really? Um, can I open... This is a dumb question. Can I open carry on my own property? Yes. Yes. Yes, you can. You may carry openly on property that you own or that is directly under your control. Um, can I open carry on private land? Uh, well, I mean, I guess it depends on if they've got something posted that you can't have a gun on the premises. Yeah, it's a trick question. Yes and no. You can... Carry openly if you are in the act of hunting or directly en route to your residence, which can include a motor vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot open carry on property that's not yours, even if the owner gives you permission to do so. That's kind of weird. Well, that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, yeah. that's like an oxymoron. How yeah. can you can open carry on land that you own or that you have direct control of, but no one else that owns land or has direct control of land give permission for someone to walk across their land with yeah, a gun? That makes no sense no. at all. But that's what it says. Don't be open carrying on your friend's lot. I think it has to do with, um, I'm just speaking out loud here, but um, when you've got domestic disputes um, and you're, uh, if there's any dispute, because you know, Cain and Abel, when people are arguing all the time, they probably just don't want you to have a firearm in someone else's property. Alcohol can be involved, and that's whenever alcohol and guns are involved, you've got, you know, all hell breaks loose. Um, okay, I have a concealed handgun license. Can I carry openly? I have a concealed handgun license. Mm-hmm. Can I carry openly? Mm-hmm. I would say yes. Yes. At this time, the concealed handgun license enables you to carry Concealed or in the open. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, can everyone open carry in Texas? I think we've already answered that. No. But no. You, you got to have a license. No. Most minors under the age of 18 cannot. People convicted of various crimes cannot. Uh, you must have a license to open carry in Texas. And there's a lot of other little side things we'll go into, like if you're um, if you uh, have a class A or B misdemeanor mm-hmm. within the last five years, you can't open carry. Um, if you you can uh, if you are behind on your um, child, support, child support, yeah, you can't open carry. So there's a, there's a, a other little examples when you can't open carry. So they're they're sort of penalizing you uh, if you don't comply with some other laws. Um, those lobbyists have gotten in there and made it so your Second Amendment rights are are constrained. Um, okay, I live out of state. Can I open carry in Texas? If you have a a license to carry in Texas, you can. I mean, that's the answer to all of them. Yes. There is not a residency restriction legally open carry. Um, uh, there is not a residency restriction 
legally open carry as long as you have a handgun license with Texas reciprocity. And um, how much long do we have, Dick? About a minute. And About a half. minute. Okay, okay, I'm going to go over this real, real quick, and it's just real, real short. Um, there was a, on there was an article on uh, on July 11th, 2019, and it had to do with Presidio County, which is a border county, and it has to do with uh, they they passed the sanctuary resolution. And just real quickly, basically, what happened is uh, the people that live in Presidio County uh, got together and said, "Hey." We are at the border. We are not safe. Uh, it takes 45 minutes for law enforcement to get out here. Hmm. We, uh, no matter what the state or the federal law say, we're going to pass a resolution that says that we're not constrained in any way. And uh, the, it says there was a crowd which spilled over into the hallway, waited quietly for over an hour while commissioners worked through the agendas. Six individuals spoke in favor of the resolution when no, uh, with no one opposing. When the last person spoke, he asked for a show of hands of the room who all supported. Everyone supported it. Uh, basically, what they said was that they went, the, the resolution itself, and you can Google this, it's Presidio County, uh, listed a long list of reasons why we should be able to have no restrictions on our, to bear arms. Well, where is Presidio County? Um, it is a border, it, it borders Mexico. So are they, what's wrong? Are they having a flood of people, people coming, coming across over, the border? Uh, over the border, uh, not at the checkpoints, and people that live in that area, Just uh, ranchers protected. and what have you, and their wives and their families are saying that we're not protected we should be able to bear arms to protect ourselves. And okay, we got to take a break. Okay. And uh, when we come back, we will continue our discussion on Texas gun laws in Presidio County. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936-709-7671. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vice with Soul, Miss C.C. Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 
until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, too. Every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongstar.com. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. We want to remind you that you can message us on Facebook and we will try and get to your questions. Today, Tony and I are talking about Texas gun laws and some changes that are coming up in September to the gun laws. But, uh, Tony, you were talking about Presidio County, and it's a border county. Yeah, and, and they um, basically have uh, passed a, an amendment within their county uh, to make them a sanctuary county for, uh, for Second Amendment rights. And over and above, what, no matter what the federal laws say or the state laws say, they're saying that their Second Amendment rights stand above those laws and they have the right to bear arms. And this was in July? Uh, this Just this article that was published, and I believe it's probably effective now, uh-huh. was July 11, 2019. So this is very recent. And it's, um, it's a, 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 it came about because of uh, Presidio being a border county with uh, all the illegal aliens coming over and and basically crossing over onto the land of private citizens, not at checkpoints, and they show up on their land. That'd be like you not having a fence around your property. Right. And, you know, uh, you know, I'm very empathetic to these people coming over and their families. And well, didn't the women the testify and say... Yeah, they had... Uh, this was a, a lot of people that showed up, and, and I don't know if uh, we can show... Um, We've got where it is on our. I think that's you right yeah, there. Yeah, this here. But if you can see the picture, there was lots of people in the. Um, oh, here, right here. In the meeting. Yeah, in the meeting, there was a number of the citizens, like sixty citizens, showed up at a commissioner's meeting, which is actually quite a few because if you've been to our for a small county for this one particular mm-hmm, issue, mm-hmm. Uh, because it's become an issue, and um, I'll just read a little bit of this article because it says it's so much better than I could paraphrase. Um, some of those speaking were ranchers' wives who told the, of instances where they'd encountered illegal aliens on their property and that without a weapon, they would not have been able to protect themselves and should uh, should the need have presented itself, should the need have presented itself. In this sparsely populated part of Texas, it can take law enforcement 45 minutes to an hour to reach the vicinity of a 911 call. Um, others spoke about the overreach that they are seeing from the federal government and voiced their belief that they have a constitutional right to protect themselves mm-hmm. and that the court needed to stand up and show the support for these rights. Um, it goes on to talk about how some of the uh, the county attorney uh, and some of the law enforcement in, in the area felt like that they would be breaking federal laws if they didn't modify what was on the agenda. So they modified it slightly, and then they passed a vote. And basically this... this uh, uh, this uh, this amendment to their their it was a county resolution that basically right. said that they could uh, bear arms over and above whatever the federal and state rules were, and interestingly, um, uh, this follows in the footsteps of approximately 200 other national entities scattered across the nation that have filed the same type of resolution to be able to bear arms um, when you can't be protected by local law enforcement when you've got. Uh, illegal aliens on your property that have been set loose. That's how many people are coming over now. Right. Now, I wanted to read wow. some of the resolution because it's really important. It's, it's, it is our law. It's our constitutional right. And they've addressed this in a way that they believe that will not um, uh, be illegal as to federal law or as are as a state law, but still allow them to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, it's like we were talking about, these people are going to be on their own property and be able to bear arms on their own property. And stand your ground is also going to apply there. Right. But but this is what they're saying because they felt like they were they were being constrained more than they should have been, and and they've cited these different laws. And it says, where is the Constitution of the United States? Is a supreme car, uh, the supreme law of our land? The Second Amendment of the Constitution states, quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed upon. And that goes toward, like, if you look at the example between Venezuela and Australia. Australia has taken all the people's arms away. They can't protect themselves. Um, Venezuela passed the same thing, and now the revolutionaries have the guns, and other people do not. They can't protect themselves. Right. And it's... It's um, a terrible place to be right now because it's lawless right now in Venezuela. 
Um, and we terrible. don't want to be there. That's why Texas, I think over and above other states, has got even better laws to protect itself. And, you know, we've got the, the shootings that just occurred in El Paso mm -hmm. and in Ohio. And you would think right now, more than anything, we would have laws that would be pulling the reins in. But these laws are going into effect September 1st. So it's a really big deal that the laws have actually been loosened. Mm, expanded a little yeah, bit yeah, or, to or not to, prohibit. For, for, to enabling you to have your Second Amendment rights more um, more prevalent mm -hmm. instead of pulled back. More uh, protected, right. Um, so another law is the United States Supreme Court found in Miranda versus Arizona. We all know about our Miranda rights in 1966. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can will be used against right. you. Those, those rights. And this particular one in their resolution, they quote, where rights secured by the Constitution are involved, there can be no rule making our legislation which would abrogate them. So they're saying over and above... Um, our, our U.S. Constitution, our Second Amendment right, cannot be abrogated by any state laws or that would, or any city or, 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 or county laws that would prohibit us from protecting ourselves with firearms. Um, the, US Cons the U.S. Supreme Court in the District of Columbia versus Halloran 2008 decision affirmed that the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms is not connected in any way to the service in the militia, so a private citizen should be able to bear arms. The uh, U.S. Supreme Court of the United States versus Miller in 1939 stated that firearms are part of an ordinary militia equipment with use that could contribute to the common defense are protected by the Second Amendment right. Mm -hmm. um, the 14th Amendment of the Constitution uh, to the Constitution states, no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person's of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. So in other words, I think it's important that, that our listeners understand that the 14th Amendment meant that the state cannot restrict your constitutional rights. Your United Period. States yeah. constitutional your rights. Your United States constitutional rights. States can't make laws that are restrictive and don't give you your U.S. constitutional right. rights. And that's why you have these cases that go up to the United States Supreme Court because the state may have a law or the state law enforcement is not... It's different. Uh, there's, there's an equal protection issue. They're, not, they're either not administering them uh, equally or they've tried to change the United States Constitution, and you can't do that under the 14th Amendment because mm -hmm. states may not over, overreach the United States Constitution. Right. Um, it also, the U.S. Supreme Court in McDonald versus the city of Chicago in 2010 decision affirmed that a person's Second Amendment rights to keep and bear arms is further secured by the due process and the privileges and immunities clauses of the 14th Amendment like we were just talking about. The decision also protects rights closely related to the Second Amendment, namely the right to manufacture, transfer, purchase, and sell firearms, accessories, and ammunition. The right. Tenth Amendment of the Constitution states another very, very important uh, constitutional uh, right, uh, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So that's really, the, it's the state's rights, is, that's, it's kind of a, uh, a sister uh, a, a, a amendment to the 14th. The 10th Amendment says that your, your state's rights cannot override your constitutional rights. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court found in Prince versus the United States in 1997 that the federal government cannot compel law enforcement officers of the states to enforce federal laws as it would increase the power of the federal government far beyond that which the Constitution intends. And I'm going to read that again because that's really important. It is. The, United, the federal government cannot compel law enforcement officers of the state. Right. In other words, law enforcement officers of the state cannot be lackeys of federal law enforcement officers. They can't say, they can't call up the state and say, hey, hey, police officer over there, I need you to go do something because I'm a federal officer, mm -hmm. so you need to do what I say. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was, it was a whole issue of uh, police off, state police officers paid by the state having to do all this stuff for these federal officers mm -hmm. just because mm -hmm. they were federal. Mm -hmm. So read that again, Tony. Okay. The federal government cannot compel law enforcement officers of the state. Federal government cannot make Texas law enforcement officers 
um, enforce federal laws. So they can't, just like you said, they can't force state officials to uh, upheld, uphold federal laws. And, and policies. So, like, for example, I think this is a big reason. Sanctuary cities, too, with the right. immigration. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to say is that Trump's policies can be a burden on the state. That's why we need federal um, That's why ICE can't ICE. be abolished. We need federal groups to go mm-hmm. in and enforce federal laws and policies. Right. And so, you know, these cities like San Francisco, there's a lot more going on in the discussion that the mm-hmm. average person mm-hmm. doesn't understand. Yes. Yes. That, hey, Trump, we can't do your job. If you're going to go after these or people. Or we won't do your job. That's even worse. Well, we can't because we don't have the manpower. We don't have the funding. Yeah, they're saying that, but the truth of the matter is, like right now, we've got state laws and federal laws, and the federal laws are sometimes at odds with the state laws right. with regard to immigration. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge issue right now because mm-hmm. you've got, like, sanctuary cities that say, I'm not going to comply. I don't have to comply with the federal laws because because I'm just a state official. And so they've, we've, they've uh, the government, the federal government, and, and Texas is in, in lockstep much with the, with the federal government right. saying if, if, if Austin, if... Um, sanctuary city, you won't comply with this. We're not going to give you federal funding for certain things. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's what's going on with the ICE thing. It's like um, when someone gets arrested and they're not here legally, the state officials um, don't have the authority to uphold the federal law that says you're, that because immigration is a federal law. Mm-hmm. However, if you, if that state official knows that they've checked you out, that you're not a citizen and they don't uh, alert the ICE, the you know um, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, mm-hmm. as to um, this person in it, that's incarcerated with, within the state's um, uh, confines, if they don't alert them and put a hold on that, then um, they're not complying with federal law and they're not going to get the federal support that they need in other areas. And that's why when somebody gets arrested, they get an ICE hold if they're not here legally. Right. Um, sometimes you can get around it, but but really, you know, the uh, you know, I'm doing a lot of immigration right now. When I go to the the federal courts, they are so overburdened. It's incredible. Oh, it's but unbelievable. The truth that comes down to is you can go to you can get your day in court. It may take a little bit longer than a few days, but you get your day in court if you're not here legally. You get over down to ICE, and you can get a bond, and then you'll get to argue your asylum case or whatever. So you still need to follow the laws. There's still a very good set of laws in place. It's not like they'll be, they shouldn't be cut loose. They should feel comfortable that they, if they're stopped, they've got a bond, and if they're stopped by state officials, that they have another court case going for to argue whether they can stay to you know the United States or not. So, but I'm, we're getting off on a tangent. But yeah, we are, but, and we need to get to these new laws. Okay. Uh, the, the, to finalize this this article, though, the Texas Constitution, Article One, Section Twenty Three, states every citizen shall have the right to keep and bear arms in the lawful defense of himself or the state, and that's the um, stand your ground law. And uh, due to dual sovereignty structure of the Constitution, the federal government has no authority to enforce state laws, and states cannot be um, compelled to enforce federal laws. Right. Um, the last protectors of the U.S. Constitution are the county sheriffs, and we are the people of the United States of America. Our ability to fulfill the role of successful, su- successfully rest on our Second Amendment rights. And so the reason that they passed this, and so the resolution basically says that, and I have to finish this because really it's a really good resolution in my opinion, um, that the people of Presidio County, through their duly elected commissioner's court, judge, and sheriff, hereby designate Presidio County a Second Amendment sanctuary in order to preserve um, the rights of the people, uh, their Second Amendment rights. So they passed this in order to protect themselves in case there's a state law or federal law that comes into effect that will not allow them to bear arms. Right, and also expand the laws that are also in existence now to just protect themselves. It reminds me so much of when Texas became a state in mm-hmm. the United States. You know, people kept moving over to this territory, mm-hmm. and then they were attacked, you know, and they started crying out to the U.S. government for help, please help us, mm-hmm. and then the U.S. government took well, the I mean, we were, territory of Texas. It was a Mexican territory. Santa Ana had it all. He wasn't really taking care of it because um, there was such a broad territory, and, you know, he was just a... He was, he was just, he put the army together too. It, he had just won the war against Spain. Well, right, but the point is, is that the people that have historically been in Texas have needed to protect They're themselves. Completely protect themselves because right. we became a republic long before we were part of the United States. Right. And we had to protect ourselves. Right. I mean, when when we won the, uh, we, we became a republic against Santa Ana, mm-hmm. this was about people being 
uh, abused and killed against all of the, like like in the Holocaust, you have prisoners of war, you're supposed to take care of them. There's a certain right. thing, a code that you're supposed to live by. And Santa Anna was just killing everybody. Mm-hmm. So he was like a little Hitler of his time. Mm-hmm. And they did need to have arms to protect themselves. And But for those arms to protect themselves, yeah. we would not be... Texas, right. we would not have been able to be a part of the United States. Right. So yeah, your right to bear arms is a very one of the very most important rights that we have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's interesting that Texas gun laws generally focus on regulating the carrying of guns as opposed to restricting gun ownership. So regulation I, is the key. Yeah, not to restrict but to regulate because I don't want some crazy person. And we've done a bunch of divorces, you know, on, on our I different know. cases. And we've I've done a lot of cases in the criminal. I've represented people. They seriously are mentally ill. Yeah, they have got. And alcohol on top of it, alcohol, mental illness, and being frustrated, those three things, either individually or in combination, along with a gun, are fatal. So there should be regulation to somebody being able to have a gun. But if you don't, if if you're, if the, apart from the regulation, you should have a right to bear arms to protect yourself. So that's where we've got this, you know, the shooting in El Paso. People get kind of crazy. This guy went off on a tangent. We don't know all of the stuff about him yet, except where he looked like he had some either bias issues or mental issues. And I don't know enough about the case in El Paso. And, and have we heard anything that was, were there any police officers in the Walmart or? You know, I was, we were, again, uh, it, we were so shut off from the world when you're in the Pyrenees Mountains. You right. Just get, you can't even get uh, reception. But uh, what I understand, and maybe Dick knows a little bit more about this because I haven't been following it as closely. Anything? But um, with the with the El Paso shooter, my understanding was he had a manifesto. He felt like people were coming over the border that weren't citizens that weren't properly here. I don't know why he picked uh, El Paso or, or the Walmart. Well, he drove from Allen, Texas. That's like outside of Dallas, right? So he all had, the way he had a to El Paso, issue. right? And um, do you know anything about it? Were you following it all? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of scattered news bits everywhere. No one really knows. They had the manifesto, and then... He had his Facebook manifesto, basically, that wasn't the long yeah. one. He didn't blame Trump. He said it has nothing to do with Trump. I remember that coming out. And he did drive from Allen. Um, but there's nothing that we've heard about any police officers or any concealed carry or open carry individuals no, in the... That, none of that's come out yet. Yeah, I, I remember one time I was in a restaurant and this guy started freaking out and throwing plates. And it wasn't a huge restaurant. And I was astounded at how many cops uh, that were in plain clothes or oh, concealed guns. carry uh-huh. guys. Instantly, there were like eight guys mm-hmm. with guns trained on this guy. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, those guys started fighting, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, because tensions were high and everybody uh-huh. was freaking out. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Thank God. I love that you brought that up because it's a great segue into yeah. the laws that are becoming yeah. into effect on September 1st, 2019. Mm-hmm. Do you have a list of those laws? That you yeah, I do. Over? I okay. do. I think it's interesting. Uh, these laws were passed before. Before the gunman massacred 22 people and injured over in El Paso, over yes. in El Paso. Um, and it expands. It makes the uh, carry weapons more lax. Uh, the laws relating to the carry okay. of weapons. Okay, there's House Bill 1143, mm-hmm. and it says the school district cannot prohibit licensed carry licensed gun owners, including school school employees, from storing a firearm or ammunition in a locked vehicle on a school parking lot, provided they are not in plain view. So that's different from what it was before. But, I, I mean, it, just to discuss that briefly, does that really help you if you have a, a gun locked in your car and the shooting's going on in the... I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is if I have a right to carry a gun, well, then I have a right to carry a gun. And then these mm-hmm. schools have these prohibitions. You can't yeah. have it anywhere on school yeah. property. Yeah. Well, if, if I have a gun and it's in my car and mm-hmm. it's locked and it's not in plain mm-hmm. view, mm-hmm. you can't... That's a... That's a, an infringement on my right. We know that one of the shootings that occurred, and I can't remember the city it was, but the guy um, was able to go get a gun um, from his house, and but for the gun, he protected and saved lives. And because it, it, the, the, the incident was going on for such a long period that that was a good thing to have, even if it wasn't a church, so mm-hmm. call. But um, this would help because I believe in Florida, the police officer got in a lot of trouble because the I guess the, the school security guard didn't go in or didn't use... He was a coward, and I believe that he's been indicted now federally for, I, I don't even know what, the, what it was for, but because he didn't do his job really? to protect the people in the school in Florida during the Florida shooting, um, he's been held accountable for that. 
because if he had not been a coward and and gone in and actually done his job, he could have saved lives. And they wow. didn't have guns in the school uh, in that school situation. And you know, there's been so many shootings like that. I can't keep up with all of them. It's terrible. But this would help, and this law is going to help if you can access your firearm in your locked vehicle and it's close enough. And then there is uh, you can you can prevent. Uh, if it's if you can. if it's necessary, yes. but I think mm-hmm. that it's not. The gun laws are not always. And when I read these gun laws, it's kind of interesting to me of what's actually really been mm-hmm. going on that they had to pass a law. But there, mm-hmm. it's not always about a shootout. Mm-hmm. It's about rights. Mm-hmm. If I have a right to own a gun, then I have a right to keep it in my car. Right. And in the school can have a policy that you don't have a right to keep it in your car. Right. So what's going to trump? So Texas passed is passing this law. And there, the next one has to do with schools. So. Um, it's the school marshals. In the wake of the Santa Fe shooting, mm-hmm. uh, Governor Abbott signed Bill 1387, which is going to be coming into effect uh, September 1st again. And it abolishes the cap on how many school marshals can carry guns at a public or private school. So um, so that means that there can be a number of guns now. And, uh, apparently before there Makes was me wonder, yeah. a, a cap on how many. Now they can have any number, mm-hmm. which should also... Um, which should help. I, I believe that these are all geared toward the Santa Fe shooting and protecting our students and children. Um, and this sort of goes toward uh, uh, schools that are also private schools, Catholic schools, because firearms in a place of worship, right. that will apply toward that. And mm-hmm. Senate Bill 535 mm-hmm. has been signed into law, removes, quote, a church, synagogue, or other established place of religious worship from the list of prohibited locations of carrying a firearm, allowing a licensed gun owner to carry handguns in place of worship. The new law comes almost two years after a gunman killed 26 people at Sutherland Springs Texas Church. That's the one I was just talking about. So you can now have a gun uh, at a church, and mm-hmm. you can have that before. Uh, here's something interesting. Guns in foster homes. House Bill 2363 allows some foster homes to store firearms and ammunition in a safe and secure place for personal protection. So I guess there was a prohibition that if you decided to be a foster home or foster mm-hmm. parent, you couldn't have a gun at all. Mm-hmm. But now you can. Proper storage must be followed, the bill says, including putting firearms and ammunitions together in the same locked location. It also goes into effect September 1st. It's just interesting how many restrictions there have been on our rights. I mean, you can get yeah, a gun, but yeah. you can't take and it anywhere. I have anywhere. a story about that real quick, but I need to find out. How much time do we have left? Uh, ten minutes, great. And are we, we uh, ten minutes? Ten minutes total. total. Yeah. Uh, do we mark. have to take a break? You don't have to. About a minute. Okay, good. Because I wanted to tell this, this story real quick. I had a client, um, and uh, she lived out here in Montgomery County. Uh, I met her because I was standing in line at the um, at one of the JP courts for something, and she was just... She seemed a little frazzled, and um, it ends up that we got to talking while we were waiting in line because there was a long line to get into Precinct 5 for some reason. And uh, she had, she was having, she was going through a divorce. Uh, she had been charged with, uh, her son, her seven-year-old son, had found the gun that she had uh, stored, her, she had a, license, a concealed license to carry, um, her, her son had found her gun that she had hidden up in the top of her closet, and it was a, in a divorce situation so that the estranged husband was in one location and the kid, uh, the son, the seven-year-old, was with her that week. It was one week on, one week off. Mm-hmm. The son had gone into her closet, found the gun, taken the loaded gun to school with him oh, in the first night. grade, and then was showing it off. Was this in Texas? This was at, this was oh, at, this um, is your friend? Yes. Oh, my is, gosh. This is in an elementary school here in Montgomery oh, County. Tony. Over, uh, I believe it was kind of right off of 1480. I mean, we're talking Woodland Schools here, okay? And um, uh, she got, they called her from the school. No one was hurt. They called her from the school. They got the firearm. Uh, she uh, was charged with uh, negligence. And this was a really bad thing for her because she was a really good mom. But uh, uh, we were able to get the the charge dismissed uh, after doing a deferred adjudication because she didn't have a, a criminal history. But what happened was the the dad had manipulated the kid and told him where the gun was and said, hey, would it be great? Can you get that down for me? Take it. The, the dad was trying to win custody and had manipulated this kid into getting the gun and, and taking it to promoted it. Yeah, it was like crazy. Oh, my and, gosh. Um, and so, it, you know, it would, could have been a really serious situation, but divorce situations are crazy too. This could have been a lot more serious than it was. But, 
even when she had it stored away from her son and hidden, the dad knew where it was and manipulated the kid and to bring it to school. Someone could have gotten seriously injured or killed because the seven-year-old doesn't know anything about this. I mean, but he did know how to, uh, the seven-year-old knew how to handle a firearm because his parents knew how to handle a firearm. So there's a few takeaways from this. One, if you have firearms, you may want to teach your kid how to handle it, how to unload it. Two, you need to tell them never, you know, the, the proper rules about a fire gun, almost like gun safety. Three, if you've got firearms and you have children in your house, you need to lock it, not mm -hmm. just up in your closet mm -hmm. far away. You need to lock that gun away and move the keys so your kids can't get to it, and it's particularly in a situation like this. And I suspect that part of this, this law is when you store the firearm that you have a key. Because foster children also have, uh, and we've, I've dealt a lot with foster children um, in the different um, you know, the, the ministries that we've done, mm -hmm. they have uh, bad upbringings. They, they feel unloved. Um, a lot of times, not all the time. And they're also just kids, they're too, just that kids, do dumb things. But they're troubled a lot of times. Yeah. Are, and they, they they go from foster home to foster home. And they are, they're not just foster kids. This goes toward foster homes with kids that are 15, 16, 17 years old because they end up in the juvenile, you know, juvenile hall, basically. Okay, so are you saying that they shouldn't have guns? They shouldn't no, they should, to... but the foster parents need to lock them away. Right. They definitely need it them. It says you need in to the same to locked location for okay. personal yes. protection. Yes. I think this is a good one. Uh, according to House Bill 302, landlords won't be able to prevent tenants or their guests from carrying a firearm. Residents yep. or guests can't be restricted by lease agreements from carrying, storing, or possessing a firearm or firearm ammunition on certain residential and commercial that property. That is absolutely, that, that, that has to be the way it is because somebody may be leasing for a financial reason and you're going to penalize them because they can't have their own property. And so the landlord, because they own it, saying you can't have a firearm. I understand there being some liability, but as long as this law protects the landlord by saying, um, by law, we could not prohibit this if someone gets hurt. This goes toward um, insurance. If someone gets hurt on their property, will the landlord have liability? Yeah, you're going to have liability. But if this law is now going to protect them further because yeah. the landlord can't prohibit it. Right, and the landlord could say, well, I didn't have a choice. I can't and be that's liable. Not because... to say you shouldn't have insurance for that because that's what it's for. Mm -hmm. But uh, but now a, a person that's leasing for whatever reason uh, is now going to be able to better protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a couple more laws in here that are pretty good. There's uh, uh, guns on government property. Uh, House Bill 1791 closes the loophole in the state's wrongful exclusion law that um, that that during disasters you can it'll allow gun owners to carry guns. Uh, Gosh, am I getting these two confused? Uh, there's there are two. There's uh, 1791 and, and 1177. So okay, what is 1791? Guns, uh, guns on government property. It closes loopholes in the state's wrongful exclusion law that cities, counties, and state agencies have been using to restrict license to carry holders in government buildings. Oh, okay. And okay. then the guns during disaster, which I think is interesting. Yes. Because mm -hmm. they wouldn't pass this law if they weren't allowed to carry guns during disasters, and mm -hmm. it involves open carry and all mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But it's House Bill 1177 allows gun owners to carry guns openly or concealed for up to a week mm -hmm. while evacuating from a declared state or local disaster area or while returning to that area. And that's kind of a double-edged sword. That's kind of scary because you've got evacuees that are in a crazy position and uh, and suddenly everybody's carrying a gun. But yeah, and it also gives, this is interesting, uh, disaster shelters the option to accommodate evacuees with firearms. So I mm -hmm. guess before they couldn't. Right, right. And that's kind of scary because you've got a lot of people that are maybe loose cannons with guns. But on the other hand, you're aware now that there's a lot of lot, a lot of people that are, are loose guns carrying firearms. So maybe, that's what we were talking earlier today, one of the most important virtues is humility. Hopefully people will be humble and giving during situations that are disastrous and they'll be aware that people can carry guns and that can be kind of scary. Now, unknowingly trespassing, House Bill 121 um, now protects people from prosecution for the offense of trespass with a gun uh, and it establishes that an establishment that prohibits it. Uh, because if they didn't know, they can't, they're now not going to have to go to jail for it. So basically how it reads is, if a license to carry holder enters an establishment that has signs prohibiting guns and they leave immediately when asked, 
of this new law protects them from prosecution. So it's just like a regular trespass. If you if you meander over onto somebody's property and you didn't know it wasn't, you know, you didn't know it was private property, if they ask you to leave, you won't be, um, you're not going to be held for uh, a charge with trespass. It won't. It well, won't and I longer. think it goes to restaurant owners and stuff that don't have it posted. You're not welcome here if you've got a gun. Well, if someone walks in there and they're just asked to leave, then they can leave and they don't have to call the cops and charge them and all that right, stuff. Right. So this is interesting. Uh, other relevant laws stand your ground, also known as the Castle Doctrine. You alluded to this earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a law that gives people the right to use deadly force if necessary to protect themselves and their property without fear of lawsuits. And a Texas resident, unless otherwise prevented by law, is permitted to purchase rifles and shotguns, ammunition, and firearms accessories in neighboring states. Stand your ground is huge here in Texas. And people use it, I think, a lot of times improperly. And there's been a lot of lawsuits on it where people have killed somebody or injured somebody and they're saying it was stand, my gr- stand your ground and it really wasn't stand your ground. Well, it's, it's because if necessary, and, and I'm telling right. you, if you rely on the, the stand your ground doctrine, then uh, the police or, I mean, the prosecutors or someone who sues you is going to be arguing that wasn't necessary. Right, right, right. So you got to use a lot of common it's gotta sense. It's got to be necessary and reasonable. Now, uh, Property Owners Association, Senate Bill 741 yeah. now comes into effect on September 1st forbids property owner associations from prohibiting or restricting the possession, transportation, storage of a firearm, or ammunition. Um, The law also prohibits restrictions on the lawful discharge of a firearm. Um, And this goes, this is very broad, but if if you have um, uh, land in a subdivision and it's over uh, 10 acres, your land in, in together is 10 acres or more, you can discharge a firearm regardless of what your your homeowners association bylaws say. Okay. Um, before the bylaws may have prohibited it, now state law says not only can you do it by state law, but your homeowners associations can't have a an, an additional overlay. You right. can now fire a shotgun on your own property Pretty much no matter what. Wow. But always, this is all going toward being reasonable. You're not going to fire a shotgun or somebody's coming towards you if they get hurt. There's still going to be some liability. So mm-hmm. everything is within reason here. You know, I think it's interesting that, you know, since there's no way to know how many weapons are out there, uh, the ATF has some estimates that put the number as high as 270 million people in the United States have uh, guns. And it's interesting because the adults surveyed who own a gun in Delaware, there are 5%. And I would think Texas is super high, but it's not. Uh-huh. In Texas, it's 35.7%. In Alaska, it's 61.7%. 61.7% have a gun? In Alaska, yes. Wow. And in the U.S. overall, it's approximately 30%. So Texas is only 5% more than the U.S. overall statistics. And the territory, Alaska, are, are in 1959, it came on in. I can imagine. Um, they, they, they need, need it, it, though, because mm-hmm. they, for, for uh, uh, any number of reasons. Um there is a, you know, I don't know how much uh, time, how much we time have. We have about 30 left. seconds okay. left. Well, uh, it, it, the, just it, in a nutshell, you can get uh, a firearms laws are uh, put on the DPS if you want to just kind of look at a lot of them in a nutshell, uh, you know, quickly to assess what your rights are. I love the DPS has got a great site. Okay, well, thanks for listening. You can download our uh, iPod on Google Tunes or iPlay tomorrow on uh, IRLoneStar.com. And we will be back next week. And remember, serve God by serving others. Have a great week.